This episode of the Global Franchise Podcast is brought to you by Neighbourly, the leader in home services franchising. Neighbourly is the world's largest home services franchisor with 29 brands and nearly 5,000 franchises, collectively serving more than 10 million customers in nine countries. With opportunities focused on repairing, maintaining and enhancing homes and businesses. Visit franchise.neighbourlybrands.com to learn more about the group's franchise opportunities. Welcome to the Global Franchise Podcast, bringing you exclusive conversations with franchising's biggest brands. I'm Kieran McLoon, editor for Global Franchise Magazine. One of the things that you know about this industry is the more units that you add to the marketplace, the more excitement that is driven around the brand because there's always activity going on. People are seeing what's going on with the brand and it generates that interest from them to want to see what's going on with checkers and rallies as of late. I see that there's a new restaurant coming. Um, So it just keeps us fresh and top of mind to people's mindsets when they're considering the brand. Many franchise brands within the QSR space have needed to evolve and adapt over the past few years, and we've spoken to many of these on this very podcast. Some organisations, however, have already established themselves as ready for this new normal, including the likes of Checkers and Rallies with its distinctly contact-free, dual-drive-through model. Just because the brand is ahead of the curve, however, doesn't mean that there isn't room for evolution. Just this year, in fact, Checkers announced a new partnership with Presto to integrate voice-automated ordering into its new corporate sites. But what does this new technology do to streamline the customer experience and make its franchisees' lives easier? To find out, we caught up with Robert Bagwandat, Director of Franchise Development at Checkers and Rallies. Robert has been with the QSR franchisor for almost a decade, making him the perfect person to speak to about the brand's recent growth and its tech-fueled future. Um, I have been with Checkers and Rallies for the past, um, December was just seven years, my seven-year anniversary. So um, I can tell you this company has really gone through a lot of evolutionary stages in itself. Um, When I first came to the company, we were really still trying to define what our growth strategy was. Uh, The company was looking at building a comprehensive team that could bring some different levels of acumen to the organization to really start to propel the company to the next level of its opportunity and growth. Um, So we went through those growing pains, trying to identify who are the right particular franchise candidates to bring on board to help supplement the growth of the company. Um, Not only that, but also to help mirror a lot of our corporate operations, which a lot of people don't know that about the brand is that we're heavily invested in operations ourselves as a company and really trying to focus on finding that synergy between the right franchisees to also come on board and supplement what we have as company operations had been a huge task. But I think what you saw through the leadership that we've had in place in the past, and especially with the current leadership that we have in place with Francis Allen today, this has really augmented that trajectory to really move on to a different level where we're finding higher caliber franchisees to come on board with us, people that have the equity to be able to invest in more than just one unit with us. But even more importantly, they have a real affinity for the brand because we've been able to really convey what we call our brand DNA to the marketplace, that people can find something that really aligns to what their interests are, as well as the company's interest as well, too. 
Absolutely. No, it seems like it's been a, you know, it's a very exciting growth period for the organization at the moment and has been for a number of years. And it also seems like you guys have always been prepared for this um, new normal, which we find ourselves in with the checkers and rallies kind of pioneering this um, dual drive through model. Um, Would you say that having this foundation and having this kind of technology already in place has made navigating the pandemic possibly easier than some of your QSR competitors in the space? In the quick service restaurant business, there is nothing that's called easy. Um, I can definitely tell you that it has helped us to navigate the uncertainty of the COVID environment when that first took root in the United States and across the globe as well, too. Uh, But what we found was is that having the closed kitchen concept really lent more comfort, not only to the consumer, where they felt that the environment was a lot more clean and welcoming in this new age that we're in, But even more importantly, to the employees that work there, it was just a safer model for them to feel comfortable coming to work on a daily basis, where they felt that the company had their best interest at heart to limit their interaction with people on a face-to-face basis. But yeah, as much as we would love to say it's easy, nothing is ever easy in this industry, that is for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, at least at the very least, it's, you know, as you say, it's kind of um, made those growing pains and the struggles that have been uh, affecting all of the um, QSR operators that little bit easier to get through. Yeah, it has. It it really, really has. And I think you even find, um, you'll see much of the industry today is now trying to, in some cases, I'm not going to say just mimic what our platform is, but it's also really trying to figure out what their next evolutionary stage is. And I think just us being in this position really gives us a head start and leverage against the competition to continue to accelerate in this industry while many others are still trying to figure out their footing when it comes to how do they move into the new normal today as well too. Absolutely. Yeah. You're seeing lots of news stories at the moment of brands um, that have previously never offered delivery, let alone drive through now looking to integrate that into their build out. And as you say, you guys are are well ahead of the curve in that regard. Um, Frances Allen, your CEO, who you mentioned a moment ago, um, she recently mentioned that the brand was looking to increase its um, EBI TDA uh, of corporate locations uh, 50% by the year 2025. And I was curious, Robert, I mean, that's quite a big jump, of course, but how do you think um, the organization plans to hit those ambitious goals over the next few years? Yes, very ambitious, but realistically, uh, we have a great opportunity to achieve those goals that Francis has set along with the board of directors. So this is also going to be a combination of different things that are going to get us to that level. Um, obviously, our same store sales are critically important to us on our corporate restaurant side. One of the things that you know about this industry is the more units that you add to the marketplace, the more excitement that is driven around the brand because there's always activity going on. People are seeing what's going on with the brand and it generates that interest from them to want to see what's going on with checkers and rallies as of late. I see that there's a new restaurant coming. Um, so it just keeps us fresh and top of mind to people's mindsets when they're considering the brand. When you're also looking at this, just this past year in 2021, we actually had the opportunity and signed on for 90 new commitments to the brand for new restaurant development over the next several years with us. Uh, We also have a plan this year in 2022 to open 60 or more restaurants um, across the United States. So we've got a lot of focus going on in certain market areas. The West Coast is one of our big drivers right now as far as activity for new business and new restaurants. And then you also look at the tri-state area in the Northeast 
that is another big area that we're having a lot of attention and focus put onto to drive new restaurant growth for us as well. So when you're looking at this activity, whether it's the Northeast, the Midwest, or the West Coast, that's driving interest in the brand. So we're always staying fresh in people's mindsets as far as checkers and rallies needs to be one of my options when I'm really thinking about going out, going out for fast food, QSR, grabbing a quick meal for the family. We always want to be top of people's minds. And that's one of the best ways that we can do it is continue to keep that energy going in the marketplace and people seeing new units coming on. So it basically demonstrates a healthy organization. There's cash there to invest in this business and there's opportunities for franchisees to come on board because of the white space that we do have across the United States that gives people an opportunity, not just for one, but for two, three, five, ten, however many locations they have a desire for and they can responsibly own and operate. We present that compelling opportunity for individuals that many other brands cannot do today. Yeah, it certainly sounds like there's a lot of um, lot of room for exciting growth there. And talking of kind of excitement around the brand as of late, um, there was recently the news that came out that Checkers announced a partnership with Presto to integrate AI voice ordering into your new corporate locations, um, which sounds like, you know, it's, it's a very almost sci-fi kind of concept, um, uh, very cutting edge. But what does the actual process of using an automatic voice ordering location look like from the customer's point of view? And I suppose secondary to that, um, how will this deal with Presto help to um, help checkers and rallies navigate the ongoing labor shortages that the US and you know the wider um, QSR landscape is really experiencing at the moment? I'll even tell you a funny candid story. Uh, at the very beginning, when we were talking about artificial intelligence being integrated into the restaurant, um, I had my doubts, even as a person on this team with the company, because when you're thinking about artificial intelligence communicating with a customer, and the many different dialects, depending on what part of the country that you're in to understand and comprehend what's being communicated to it. I absolutely thought this was gonna take a lot longer to have implemented just so that we could learn all of the ins and outs. But I can tell you that our CIO, Min Lee, did an awesome and tremendous job in really putting this together that I became a believer once I had the opportunity to actually go to a restaurant and see the interaction of this technology with the consumer which to the consumer, for them, what was more important to them was about the accuracy of their order and having that basic technology communicate back to them exactly what it is that they were asking for and validating that to them. And I think the consumers were actually very pleased with the overall process because, again, when you're going through a drive through one of the key things is accuracy. Quality of food is very important. Customer service is very important. But you have to also think about that experience that once they drive off from that window, if it's not accurate, it's very inconvenient to have to get back into line to get that corrected. But the artificial intelligence has helped to really accelerate the accuracy for the consumer, which is a welcome, welcome trend for them, knowing that their orders are predominantly correct whenever they leave that facility. On to the other side of this, as far as the labor situation, which you are 100% correct. This is a global situation, not just for the fast food industry. But one of the key things that you're looking at when you're talking about staffing inside of the restaurant business, how much pressure are you able to take off of that staff? You know, that's one of the biggest things that you're looking at. Like I said, you know, no, there's nothing easy about this business and the staff is they have some of the most unthankful jobs there are in the industry. And a lot of people take it for granted how hard these people work inside these facilities. And when you actually have intelligence inside of the restaurant, artificial intelligence, 
to help supplement what they're trying to deliver for the consumer to take some of the pressure off of them. It really helps to lend towards not just the retention, but also inviting people to come and work at a facility that's now starting to integrate technology and artificial intelligence into the building, um, which helps to also for the management level, basically schedule and manage labor a lot more efficiently so that you're not necessarily running into cost overruns because you have to have dual people just to manage a process that artificial intelligence is helping one person to basically streamline it and make it a lot more efficient for the business and for the consumer. So I think that's part of what you're going to see with the artificial intelligence being introduced into the QSR, quick service restaurant industry. But even more importantly, looking at the future as far as what other technology aspects will be added to any concept uh, to make sure that the staff is going to be in a great position to deliver wins on a daily basis to the consumer. Yeah, no, it's certainly a very exciting development and it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, in the coming years, whether other brands are also playing catch up on this with integrating AI into their own operations. Um, As we kind of touched on at the beginning, Robert, you've been in the franchising space for a number of years, even before Checkers and Rallies. Um, And I wanted to kind of mine that experience slightly. Um, What would you say are some of the essential strategies or tips that you've acquired throughout your career to not only retain your best franchisees within the network, but attract um, only the best new talent to broaden that franchise network? Fantastic question. I actually get that question from new franchise candidates on a regular basis. Um, (laughs) I can tell you, as far as the existing franchise base is concerned, uh, one of the key things is respect. Sure. These are individuals have invested their hard earned money. Um, These are not small transactions. This is not something that someone came to the table with $10,000 and opened a restaurant. You know, typically these are $1 million or more investments. And understanding and respecting that individual's investment into the brand and what they're trying to deliver as, call it a franchise partner to some extent, what they're trying to deliver for the brand, it's paramount in really keeping them engaged and interested with the brand. Um, I can also share this with you. I've been a part of a few organizations. Um, Some are operating organizations and some are strictly franchise-only organizations. That's one of the key things I believe that Checkers and Rallies has as a win in its corner is that it also operates restaurants on a daily basis. So when a franchisee is feeling a tightening of the P&L or there's friction in the marketplace, they understand that the franchisor is also feeling those same you know, touch points that you have to make adjustments on. So they also feel confident that the franchisor is making the right decisions to help make sure that their business is running at an efficient level Uh, Because we're not going to let our own restaurants drop off of a cliff because we can't make a change on something. So I think there's a lot of confidence in the franchise community to understand that being delivered from the company in itself. And the other thing that I think that really helps on the existing side, existing franchisees, is having a great relationship, a great partnership with them and understanding the financial model as far as how they make their money. Um, if you really don't have that acumen level in understanding their P&L and how they actually put food on their table for their families, it's very hard to maintain that commitment level from them to want to be engaged and continue to grow with the brand. And that also translates to the individual that's looking to come on board right. with the brand as well, too. The reality is, is that people buy into a system. The systems and processes that are in place is what really excites people to figure out how they're going to drive this business, how they're going to operate it, 
if it's a complex system that just has too many different things going on, it's going to become a huge challenge for that person to not only be able to digest it, but continue to grow and develop their teams to be able to actually manage a network of restaurants versus just one restaurant. So I'd probably say that's one of the big things that I see with checkers and rallies is this is one of the unique organizations that if a franchisee actually picked up their cell phone, dialed one of the C-level executives on their personal cell phone, that they would get that person. Many other concepts, there's no way for you to get the CEO on the phone for a personal one-on-one unless you set an appointment for four or five weeks out in advance. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of the franchisees here at Checkers and Rallies really do appreciate and actually really do like about our executive and leadership team as well, too. We are accessible. Absolutely. Yeah, that level of communication and uh, empathy and openness, you know, it's all very important. And it's all a lot of um, themes that we've spoken to many of our guests recently on the podcast about, and I imagine will only become more important as the year goes on. Um, Just while we're talking about kind of um, investors who are maybe looking to get into the space for the first time, Robert, um, taking into account the the labor shortage, which we've spoken about, as well as the other kind of post-pandemic challenges that the QSR industry, not alone, but, you know, is quite strongly... um, facing at the moment would you say that qsr is a a notably quite tricky area to succeed in at the moment or are there kind of factors that make this still a really enduring franchise segment of the market yeah i think what you have to look at is it's a little bit of both that you can look at but i think we're well positioned in the industry not just for food but just in any business industry to really accelerate ourselves into the new future It can be a little tricky if the individuals that come on board do not respect the operating model. Uh, This business is about people. Um, You can build the best restaurant in the world. You can have the best corner, the greatest visibility, the best product. Uh, But if you can't operate that, that business will lose money. And on the flip side, if you have a secondary location that doesn't have all of the bells and whistles and the elements that you're looking at for a great location, but you've got a great operations team inside there, they will still make money. So that's the tricky side of it. It's ensuring that people really understand and respect the operating model. But on the flip side, like you had uh, suggested, as far as where is the positives in this is again, when you think about it, this COVID situation that took place, businesses were labeled as essential businesses. There were some businesses that had to close down The reality of it is people are still going to have to eat Mm. um, and people are still going to go out for their occasions to eat. So it may not be a five star restaurant or, you know, a fast casual location uh, because, you know what, that's just not the thing for me right now. I do not want to go inside of a building and sit down and be around 10 or 12 other people. Um, Where is an option that I can still take my family out, grab something that's great for us to have? It's affordable and I can feed my entire family. So the fast food industry is one of those things that are always going to be around, in my opinion. Um, It's dubbed in some cases a recession proof business because people will tend to trade down into our space versus going up whenever things are basically a little topsy turvy in the economy. And that's been proven throughout the COVID experience that we've all gone through. When we went through that brief dip of a recession, the fast food industry actually excelled. Um, Checkers and rallies was ahead of the curve as far as percentages were concerned in the fast food industry. And I think if you are in this industry specifically with checkers and rallies, you just got one heck of a head start against a lot of other concepts out there right now. 
<laughs> Great to hear. And um, my my final question for you, Robert, is just alongside AI integration and some of the other things that we've covered throughout this episode, um, what do you think are some of the main trends that will drive the QSR industry and specifically QSR franchising in 2022 and the years to come? It's going to be innovation. Sure. You have to be an innovative concept. You know, there are companies that we can talk about that existed in the past, and I'm not going to say any names, but companies that were around that were giants during their time, but refused to make changes because they were the giant, ended up falling. You know, they never stayed at the top of the hill. Um, and I think when you're looking at the restaurant industry, it's about innovation. So as an example, inside of our restaurants, what we actually did was we investigated how are the employees actually performing inside of the restaurant space? Long story short, when you fast track it, the analysis that we had the opportunity to review was that if we actually modified the steps in our kitchen, as far as how the stations were set up, we saved each employee about a mile and a half of walking distance during their shift inside of the restaurant. Um, you know, a lot of times people think that there's no way somebody's walking that much inside of a restaurant, but when you're going nonstop for six or seven hours straight, that's a lot of footsteps that you're taking in there. So when you're really looking at brands that are going to be the ones to really move it to the next level, artificial intelligence is one part of the process as far as innovation is concerned. The streamlining of our kitchen concept was another key initiative as well, too, which is very much welcomed by employees. And it's also basically translating into better Salesforce as well, too. Being innovative on your product offering is going to be a key catalyst as well, too. Um, as we go through this in COVID environment, there are all sorts of supply chain disruptions that are taking place. Um, you'll have impacts to beef. You'll have impact to pork. You'll have impact to chicken. Is your company in a position to be innovative to make sure that they can offset those by augmenting certain products at a certain time while you figure out the back end on things that are struggling for that particular product? And then being able to flip through those cycles is going to be a very, very important aspect of the business going forward. So technology, innovation of your product offering and menus, the collaboration with the executive team, and even more importantly, keeping the cost of the investment down for people to continue to grow this brand. Those are four key cogs that brands are very much focused on right now to have in place to ensure that they're going to continue to grow their units, their franchisees, and the organization for the long run. Well, it definitely sounds like innovation remains at the forefront for you guys. So hopefully that will result in even more development and um, and success this year and in the years to come. Um, thank you very again, Robert, for joining us. It's been a pleasure catching up with you and hope to speak to you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us here today as well, too. Innovation was certainly a key talking point throughout my conversation with Robert, but it was refreshing to hear that this innovation wasn't solely directed at products or customers. Robert's example of changing their kitchen build-out to save employees from walking an extra 1.5 miles every day really provided an insight into the mentality of the Checkers and Rallies brand and how it values the well-being of its staff as much as it does the financial bottom line. It was also great to learn more about the AI integration that the brand is currently undergoing. You can only assume that this kind of technology will be commonplace five years from now, but it's still fascinating to hear about these early stages of digital overhaul. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. What technological advancement are you most excited about within the QSR space? Make sure to let us know.
If you like the podcast, subscribe and recommend it to your friends and colleagues. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. To keep up to date with franchise news and have it put into context by the global franchise experts, subscribe to the magazine, hit us up at globalfranchisemagazine.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn today.